Tales from the Geminis. BT, guys, thanks for joining me. Right now, I have a little rock and roll star on. And I mean, you know me, I geek out on all my guests. I love all my guests. But this one, I woke up like, I got a rock and roll star. <laughs> and it is a little rock and roll star. His name is Rob Hammersmith. He's the new drummer for Skid Row. And he's drummed and rocked for everybody. Let's introduce Mr. Rob Hammersmith. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing well, BT. Thanks for having me. No, thanks. Thank you for being part of the show. I'm going to ask you right now, what are you okay. listening to right now that would surprise people? Because you're, you're a metal dude. You look metal because you are metal. But what would make people go, really? You listen to that? Dude, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one that's probably going to surprise you. Uh, I have a 12-year-old daughter, and <laughs> she's about to be 13. Yes. So she's... She's got me into the Taylor Swift, the Ariana Grande, all the, the pop stars. So, and that look on your face is exactly the look I get. So she's got me into all that stuff. Uh, you know, that might surprise some people, but I catch myself tapping my foot and, and humming along more than, uh, more than I thought I ever would. Let me tell you something, man. That music is underrated. I mean, like, is. Mu musical snobs always go, oh, my God, you listen to that? And if you really listen to it, man, Ariana Grande is very talented. She really is. And it's good music. And Taylor Swift, I love Taylor Swift. I'll listen to it, it in the hood. I don't care. That's it. You know what? Those songs are catchy. And you can argue with it all day long, but those songs are catchy. And a good song is a good song, right? So it might surprise some people, but uh, but there's a lot of that going on in our house. That's what I wanted to hear because I mean I I honestly I I, I love '80s metal. It kind of honestly saved my life, but it just it brought me to a passion, and it's like yes. But also now I love listening to EDM, electronic music, because because okay. you're always in a good mood. You put that on while you're ready to go out, and you'll always that's be in it. A, you always be in a good mood, and you're taking a shower, going it's gonna be a good day. It's like <laughs> boom, 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 boom. You just boom. know you're gonna have a good night, right? You and, have to go out of your way to have a bad time if you're listening to that. You're always going to be in a good mood, bro. Always. That's it. Always. That's it. Tell me yeah. about you growing up. And what was it like for you growing up? And when did you go drumming? That's what I want to do. And, and when did music like take, take, just take a hold of your life? So uh, I've been asked that question a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And I have not gone back and researched the date of this particular event, although mm -hmm. it would be easy for me to do that. Yeah. But when I was a young kid, my father took the whole family. So he took my mother, my sister, and I to see Roy Orbison. Yes. And all of your, your listeners out there, I'm sure you're familiar with, with Roy Orbison. Oh, that boy. And I'll tell you what, man, that was the, like, like anybody, so, so you for comedy, anybody who does anything artistic or anybody who discovers at an early age, this is my purpose. This is what I want to do. That was that moment for me. A lot of guys in the rock world are going to tell you that it was the first time they saw Kiss. And it was all of that yes. for me. But that moment when my father took the family to see Roy Orbison and as a young kid, you know how it is. Everything is just larger than life. And yes. when you see something like that, it's just, it's almost impossible to really comprehend and process what you're seeing and what you're feeling. And I don't know what's going on up there, but I know it's exciting and you can see the way people are reacting to it. And I don't know what the drummer's doing, but I know it looks like he's having fun and I want in on that. So from there, it was just, it kind of just, it stuck with me my entire childhood. And there were several other moments along the way that kind of rekindled that excitement. Right. But that was the first moment I realized, I don't know what, what's going on here, but I want in on it. And, and that was it for me. I never really looked back at that point. Roy Orbison's voice is so underrated. I mean, I agree. 
I don't know if you saw that special. It was in black and white. It was Roy Orbison with Brian Seltzer, Bruce Springsteen. And I did, yeah. That was one of the great, I mean, it, that was so underrated. It came on like three in the morning. I was doing nothing. I go, what is this? I mean, I could have been downloading, you know, nasty stuff, but I saw this sure. and I go, I'm watching it. And I watched it all night. I mean, that was one of the greatest, and that voice of his was just mesmerizing. It is. And he has such a unique and such a distinct voice. Uh, and the songs, we were talking about the songwriting aspect of it earlier. It's, I mean, his songs are amazing. There's a reason why his songs have been covered so many times throughout the years. Uh, and that was just a really, really, really big moment for me. And of course, like I said, as a kid, I didn't even, I didn't even know who Roy Orbison was. I just know my dad's taking the family out and and my mom's getting dressed up, so this must be cool. Uh, but now, this many years later, I kind of understand what what I was actually seeing as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Now, now why now why the drum? Because you could have, you could have easily been a six string axe slayer. You could have been the man in front with the we because you got the great locks, you got the great hair. You oh, know, nice, you, got, man. you got the yeah. great skinny body that I, I I hate you guys for. I would kill to have that rock and roll body that looks so and good. Talk with, to me with, in five years, man. Talk no, to me in stop five it. years. And... Stop it. You look great. You look great. I mean, you look. Sure, you got the look of just honestly, you got the look of a healthy rock and roll star who's got a great life. You look at your face and you go, this guy is living his best life. I can see. That that, that it's like, like you said, when, when you said 12 year old daughter I go this guy's living a great life I mean you have a daughter <laughs> you're listening to Ariana Grande I mean yeah, I know, right? a great life. but what made you go to the drum instead of being a lead singer or the guitarist yeah you know that's a really good question I don't really know so when when we got to a point in in my particular school system in my elementary school it was around fourth or fifth grade where they offer a music program. Mm -hmm. And there's basically five things that you can choose. And, and it kind of all goes into the bucket of, you've got your, your woodwind section, you've got your brass section, and you've got a percussion section. And I don't know if it was an accident or if I just decided I have too much energy and hitting things <laughs> sounded like fun, but I chose percussion. And if you could have seen me as a kid I mean, I was tiny. I was a, I was a tiny, tiny kid. Yeah. And the first day you show up and they give you this percussion kit and the thing is about three feet long and it's about this tall. And now I got to figure out how I'm going to get on and off the school bus with this thing twice a week. Uh, dude, there was nothing glamorous about it. I don't really know what happened. And then from there, it turned into an appreciation of the drum set and discovering rock music and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think it was an accident. I think drums chose me. That sounds like a silly thing to say, but no. you know, even probably with comedy, it, it was something that, that you probably figured out at some point you, you were already kind of, of doing it. It may not have been a conscious decision. I don't yeah. think you pick something like that out of a catalog. I think it just kind of finds you in the universe and you, you wake up one day and you realize, yeah, this is what I do. This is who I am. And I think that was it for me. I don't know if that's uh it's not really a great answer, but that's the best thing. That's the best I can tell you. You reminds me of it reminds me of, of I don't know if you remember the Little Rascals when they had that band and they were going to that yes. talent the talent show at the radio station and every I time do, yeah and every time they thought it was them they had to go back and, and grab all that shit and take it back and then it was their time and they and they got all hooked up and they jammed it and just and that yeah. story right there reminds me of that, that drummer remember he hit the drums I, I do I can picture it yeah and. That hits a little too close to home, man. I can I can picture exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That's I mean that it, it's so right. It's it's like a calling that you go. 
don't know about you, about you, but sometimes you go, no, I couldn't do that. But you just feel yourself compelled, like it's coming and there's nothing you can do about it. So might as well embrace it. You know? that, that's exactly it. And I'm sure, so with the comedy thing, I'm sure you've gone through this in your career. Of course, there are, there are times where maybe you, you get frustrated and, you, and maybe you're a little discouraged and maybe you feel like, like I'm burnt out and this is too much and I've been doing this for a long time. I tell you what, every time I feel like that with drums and playing music, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way, it's, it's almost like not doing it isn't an option. I may step away for a minute. I might, I might find a way to unplug from it and just kind of clear my head. And, and I firmly believe you need to miss it every once in a while. Yes. But once I started, the idea of not doing it never really, never really entered my mind. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. That's why I feel in a way that break was good. You know, the break from, yeah. uh, from what we, uh, you know, what we were just experiencing. It was good because it kind of rekindled that passion. Like, okay, I can't wait to get on stage now. I can't wait it to did. do this. You know? Yeah. You never know how much you're going to miss something until it's taken away from you and, and doing what we do. And I'm sure in your world, it's the same thing. All of a sudden getting up in front of an audience isn't an option. And you become aware pretty quickly how much you enjoy getting up in front of an audience and doing what you do and, and interacting with people and even the travel aspect of it, which is yes. something that, that you and I will talk about all that. And the, and the way you travel, I'm absolutely fascinated by. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then you wake up one day and it's all it's all just just canceled for the time being. And it's it's a very bizarre feeling. But like you said, you come back to it with with a renewed sense of purpose, a new, uh, a new level of motivation, you're inspired to do it. This, the gratitude, the people that I'm around, the, the circle that I run in, and I'm sure you as well, it's, you're incredibly aware of how fragile the whole thing is. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's been a weird couple of years, has it not? <laughs> yes, it has. But, and just like, and, and, I, and I speak in 80s metal uh, phrases, it's, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And that's I mean, exactly, and, yeah. and that's, and that's the dork I am. Everything, it, like when you said that, no. I go, don't know what you got yeah. till it's gone. I love Cinderella. I mean, I just I love the, the, the eight, that 80s. Yeah. I mean, and I was reading up on you and what I loved about it. And I had to mention it right now before. Cause that's why I call it Tales with Gemini. I always think, and I go yeah. right to it. But one of the most underrated bands, and you mentioned them, I was reading up on you, is the Scorpions. Oh my and, gosh, yeah. Herman Z. German. Remember his solo album, Herman Z. German? I do, yeah. And was I mean, it Butt Bongo? Was it the Butt Bongo? Yeah. yeah. You and I are going to talk about that video later. Yeah. And it, and it was live at first thing that just yeah. kicked my ass. When, when that, oh my God, yeah. Big, the Big City Night, you know, on the studio version was different, but the, but the, yeah. the live version was dun, 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 and I was like, these motherfuckers. I was at, like in high school and I had a cassette. That's how far I go back. I go back. I had a cassette. Yeah. And I put that in my 76 Grand Prix. And I mean, I, dude, you couldn't tell me shit that summer. All I rocked out was a score. You can't be, I tell everybody, the Scorpions, most one scorpions and the cult to me were the most okay. un underrated metal bands Dude, i love it i love it so and i'll share a little story with you and this in the rock world this might well i, I it doesn't it there's not there's no possibly about it this is absolutely ass backwards but i discovered as a young kid i discovered the who through the scorpions because of their version of can't explain yes so so you would think, obviously, the Who is is rock royalty, and they laid the blueprint for a lot of the stuff that you and I are so so passionate about. Yeah. 
And here I am, a young kid, just discovering all this stuff and taking it in. And I'm hearing this band, The Scorpions. And wow, that's a really cool song. And through them, that's how I went back and discovered The Who. And, and from there, obviously, then you start digging into all of their catalog and you realize, holy shit, this is amazing, amazing stuff. And um, so that band actually has a, that's, that's a pretty powerful uh, band in the timeline of my, my falling in love with rock music. It's funny you say that. I feel like we're brothers from another mother. It's the same way here. When I heard Ken explain, I go, this fucking song kicks. I mean, from the beginning, exactly. you're right. like, oh, shit, they're about to kick ass on this song. And then for some reason, I hear, you can tell it's an older song, I go, what? It, this sounds like Ken explain. And it was the who, and I go, I had no that's, idea. I had that's no exactly idea. It. I mean, yeah. the Scorpions, I mean, from the minute, you know, there's, there's that 80s sound, and there's nothing bad with it. You go, okay, okay. And then you heard... You heard Maiden and you heard the Scorpions. You go, oh, these guys are different. And when Blackout, yeah. when Blackout came on, yep. I mean, that kicked my. I was like, oh my god! From the from the when the album cover with the forks in the eyes, and you, that's and, it, yeah. And you hear, dum, 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 dum. I yeah. go, okay, whose ass can I kick right now? I mean, so you and I, you and I grew up hanging out in record stores, <laughs> and I don't care, I don't care if you've never. If you've never heard a single note, if you've never heard of, an, of a band in your entire life, if you stand around with your friends and you pick a, up a, an album or a piece of paper or a picture, whatever it is, if you pick something and there are forks in the eyes, you're going to pay attention. You're going to say, all right, I don't, it, whether it, I don't care what it is, you're going to pay attention to something like that, right? <laughs> yes. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> the, the forks and eyes makes you go, okay, they've got my attention. Yeah. They've got my attention. I mean, don't get me That's wrong. That's exactly it. Yeah. I, I love Prince yeah. and those albums he had, but yeah, but you should give me forks in the eyes. Uh, all right, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm all ears now. For better or for worse, you're going to remember that band name for the rest of your life. That's that's all I'm saying. Blackout and Chi for some reason, China White puts me in a different mood. That this, okay. you know, just that. Da -da 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 yeah. I mean. My God, I mean, that takes me to a different place, you know? Yeah. And that's what music does. And also, which one of the reasons I have you on, and you mentioned this, how, you know, the break and getting your mind clear is that what I love more than anything is that you ride bikes, man. You ride motorcycles. I and do, that's, yeah. And that's what made me go, yes. I, and that's when I said, I have to talk to this guy now. I mean, tell me, where did that passion come from with the motorcycles? So that came from my dad and and... Uh, a little bit of my uncle as well, uh, but my father has always ridden, and even when I was, when my sister and I were growing up, there was always, we had ATVs around, and we had dirt bikes, and we had yes. things like that, and, and it was always just part of the culture of our family, uh, so I think it, it just kind of naturally was passed on to me. I always had an interest in it. And I love telling the story, but my my uncle on my mother's side, who unfortunately passed away many years ago, he, my mother would tell me stories about when he was growing up. He was one of those guys in, in growing up in the late 70s and the, the era that he grew up in. Yeah. And I can't tell from pictures, unfortunately, but he had a mid 70s era Honda CB. And I can't tell from pictures. I believe it was the 550. And we can get into all that kind of stuff because I'm a I'm a. I'm a bit of a fan of the mid seventies era Hondas as, as a lot of guys are, but he was one of those guys that would just, and you're talking about pre cell phone. You're talking about pre GPS. You're talking about yes. pre all of that stuff. He's one of those guys that would get on that bike 
and he might not come home for a week. He might not come home for two weeks. And my mom would tell me stories of my grandmother, her mother, just lying awake at night, not knowing where he is and what state he's in and when he's coming home, if he's coming home. Uh, How great see, is that? It's, it's amazing. I just, I look at, at some of those pictures that, that he, of, of him with his bike and then pictures of my dad when he was a kid. And, my, and I was actually fortunate enough to visit my dad a few days ago. We played a show up north and I was able to visit. And my father will tell you, he was sharing a story with, with my wife and I the only broken bone he's ever had in his entire life was, was when he was on his little Yamaha 250 when he was like 19 years old. And, and my father has been through it all. My father was in the, in the army reserves and he's, and he's done all kinds of crazy things throughout his life, but like a badge of honor, he loves telling stories about, about the time he broke his ankle on his Yamaha when he was 19 years old. And uh, so it's always been a part of the culture of my family and then, as I said, as a kid with the ATVs and dirt bikes, I grew up in a small town outside of Buffalo, New York. Which one? What so town? What town? my what town? dad having, I'm sorry? What town? What town? Franklinville, New York. Uh, it's about an hour south of, of Buffalo. Okay. So what they call the Southern Tier, Western New York State. Okay. And being in a small town as a kid, and I'm talking about 12 or 13 years old, that dirt bike, that, that ATV, that was freedom. You get on that thing. And my friends and I had figured out through a course of backyards and, and <laughs> access roads and all these things, dude, I could be on the other side of town at 12 years old. And that was just, that was freedom to me. This is where we connect. And I mean, it's from the bottom of my heart is that you funny you said it because <laughs> I was in fourth or I was in fourth grade and basically our town was okay. basically the west side was basically all black the east side was basically all white but and I swear to god I had my best friend was Mark Markovics he lived on the east side of town he had a Suzuki 80 and he rode cross town okay. he had to pass a major highway he had to cross a major highway at, at yeah. nine years and it old meant nothing to us as kids right at nine years old he had to cross a major highway to come ride with me yeah. on my side of town that was dangerous enough and, right. then, and then it started getting dark and he goes I gotta go home I said okay Mark, and then he and we had no problem going by my parents there, watched him pass a major highway, ride the street, and never got arrested. I know. So tell me, so as a kid, as a kid, when you do that, I mean, you feel like an astronaut or something. You just feel like yes. like the world is mine. I got this under control. It's it's there's no like there's no limits and obviously there are, but as a kid, it doesn't feel that way. You just feel like a badass. Yes. And speaking of that, and, yeah. and when you said about your uh, uncle uh, uh, driving, you know, just riding whatever and coming back maybe a week yeah. later, it's funny because one of the greatest barbecue spots ever in Northern uh, New York is Dinosaur Barbecue. And that's how that got founded. The, the, the owner was a biker. And, and, and to get his recipe, oh, he shit. wrote all through the south, all, all over the United States. He stopped in Iowa. He stopped down okay. south. And that's how he got the recipe for his barbecue. That's amazing. Okay, so I've been to the dinosaur in both Syracuse, New York, and Rochester, New yes, York, but too. I had not heard that story. That's it, all right because because I, I was working that area, and I and I just remember uh, they uh, when I, I said, "Hey, man, I want something to eat." And they go, "You got to try a dinosaur barbecue." Now I'm from Oklahoma. I'm like, I know what barbecue's like. I said, "There are no good barbecue." Yeah, you do. And yeah. Northern New York, and they go, "No, listen." I go, "Okay, whatever." I walked <laughs> in. And they go, "Listen, sir." And this is when I ate meat. This is back in the day when I ate meat. And I was a carnivore. Now I'm different, but anyway. Okay. So I walk in. They go, "Sir, listen, we're going to be in this contest on." ABC on Good Morning America, whatever. Could you vote for us online? I go, yeah, 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 whatever. 
And I and I kind of brushed him off. And I swear that first yeah. bite, that first bite with the with the sauce, and I go. Okay, what was that website again? I mean, and I went back. I got my lazy ass up the next morning and <laughs> rode back and got another one. I think I was there three times within a Thursday through Sunday. I was there three times. That's how good that barbecue was. And that's, that's how, awesome. And yeah. that's how he got found it. He, he literally rode around the United States picking up little, you know, here and there, what, what they do and sauces. Yeah. And he took it back up to New York and the rest is history. And, and that's. Yeah, and that's I did not know that story. All right. Yeah. Now you know, Rob. You and I need to know. take a trip up there sometime. You know, take a trip and meet for barbecue. Me and you, bro, just just leather it out. We'll do it. Duh, 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 like that. <laughs> we'll do it. Yeah. But you got the locks, and I'm so I'm so I I, I wish I wish I had that look you had. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, talk to me in five years. So I'm just I'm hoping, man. I'm hoping. <laughs> so what do you, so what are you riding now? What are you riding now? So right now I've got uh, I've got a 21 Harley Lowrider S, okay. uh, which I absolutely love. Yeah, it's the the Softail 114, and and uh, you're familiar with those bikes. And I, I absolutely that's kind of my. It's not in the great scheme of things. It's not a bagger. It's not a massive cruiser. But for me, that's about as big as I want right now. I can do all the long range rides and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's my bigger bike. That's my newer bike. Uh, and I've had, uh, for many years, I've got a 1975 Honda 400F, uh, that bike is, that's what I refer to as my moody girlfriend. (laughs) We've we've been through a lot together. Uh, it's it's taken me a long time. Yeah. That was a labor of love for me for a very long time. And I obviously had some help having the engine rebuilt and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's some guys here locally in my area who've done a lot of work on it with me. Uh, and that's another bike I just absolutely, absolutely love. That's a, a textbook example of, of how much stuff can I strip off this bike and just make it as basic and stripped down as possible. Yeah. Uh, barely 400 pounds, just this cool little, little brat build type of thing. Uh, and I love that bike as well for different reasons. So that's what I'm on right now. Have you ever thought about uh, getting dirty? Because now me, I'm not a bright man. I never, I never, I never claimed to be bright. I bought with no insurance, by the way, no insurance. I bought a, a, a 2006 YZ125 dirt bike, okay. two, two stroke, and I've been riding. And I've been riding motocross. Who does moto at 53? Who does it? This guy right with here. With no insurance. Yeah, with no with insurance. No insur- and I'm doing yeah. jumps. And I'm doing jumps. I mean, y- y- you yeah. can't tell me that I'm not Jeff Hurlings or James Bubba Stewart. You can't tell Dude, me. Dude, I'll tell you. So I'm going to share with you an awesome story. So I haven't been on dirt since, I mean, seriously on dirt since probably my mid-20s. Yeah. So that's that's 20 years ago, just over 20 years ago. Uh, about 10 years ago. Come on. Come on. Come on, by 10. Eh, yeah, we're friends. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) Yeah, it's easily verified online. That's the problem. So, so a buddy of mine here in the Atlanta area, Mm -hmm. we decided last year when everything was shut down, we had nothing but spare time on our hands. And there's a place about an hour and a half uh, east of, of where I live. And it's an amazing place. There's hundreds of acres of trails and you can go out there for the afternoon and they'll do ATV rentals. They'll do dirt bike rentals. You can take your Jeeps out there and they've got motocross tracks and they've got hill climbs and they've got all kinds of crazy cool stuff. So we decide we're going to go out for the afternoon and rent dirt bikes. And I could not be any more excited. I probably would have booked a full week if it were up to me, but we decide we're going to go out for the afternoon. Yeah. So we ride for a little while. And I was on a, I think it was a CR and I want to say it was a 250. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's comfortable for me. I'm not a big guy, but I also haven't been on dirt in, in years. I'm so used to riding street. I forget 
the there's some very fundamental differences between dirt and and being on on a hard surface yeah so i'm out there riding for about an hour or so and we're having a good time and we pass by one of the motocross tracks and as you pass by there's a nice little sign saying track closed right stay out well what's the first thing you do when you see a sign that says stay out you go what's in. the first thing you, you go yeah. in because we're rebels because we're rebels. yeah yeah i just want oh man well i should go in and check and make sure everything's okay on the track right so so he and i are out there and this is this is where this you asked me if i thought about getting on dirt yeah i get out there take a couple laps around i come out of that last turn and i'm feeling pretty good i'm feeling sturdy and it had to have been, it's probably a five foot jump, but just big enough for me. I can't see over, I can't see what's on the other side. Oh, Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know where this is going. You know where this is going. So, okay. okay. So I, I just grab a handful of throttle. I'm feeling good. I got this. My line is good. I'm feeling sturdy. And I hit that jump. And as soon as I clear the top, I realize there's five of them. They're five back to back. I got nowhere. I got nowhere to grab any brake, nowhere to grab any clutch. I'm, I'm just now in it. Right. I'm committed. I got over the first two and I'm straight down into the third one. Uh, no, I'm good on the dirt, man. I'm, I'm, good, I'm good for a while. So, so I was laid up for about, about three weeks. Uh, yeah, nothing, uh, nothing serious, luckily, but, but I got that dirt thing out of my system. Did your butt perk up? Did you go, I mean, did you, did yeah. you like suction to the, to, the, to the seat? Like, Oh, yeah. Dude, you have no idea. As soon as I cleared that first jump yeah. and you realize, man, there's five of them, five of them. And each one, you know, you're just gaining, you're just popping up. And, you're, and if you time it right, each one, you're getting higher and higher and higher. And dude, I, I, I got to be honest with you, I don't know what I'm doing on a motocross track. I love riding. Don't get me wrong, but I have no idea what I'm doing on a motocross track. But, so. that, but that's the fun of it. I mean, you, you, I don't. And, yeah. and honestly, I say that there's. I took a, a motocross class because I'm a Gemini. So when I like them, I, I get yeah. really into it. And there's me. There's a seven year old and a nine year old, and they dusted, okay. and they dusted me. Man, the guy was like, "Okay, you go first. And that was me. You go first. Go. Right, right. Yeah. And I went first. And those guys, and guys, those kids. Lap me to this, and the seven year old. Luckily, I know his dad, and I was I was teasing. I go, listen, I go, look here, man. Two of us going at corner, only one of us coming out, and he just goes, right, right. okay. And I was so nervous <laughs> that I ended up stalling the bike in the berm. I stalled it, and he went by me and looked back, and he roosted me. I go, I hate you, I hate yeah. you, yeah. So let me ask you a question: Is it is it experience, or are kids that age just fearless? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pride wise I'm gonna say you know it's just uh, it was the bike I'm gonna say pride wise it was the bike yeah but, okay but, but that's I, fair but in reality yeah I mean I think it, I think honestly here's what kids have over us they have YouTube and that sounds like nothing but they have yeah. YouTube and they have every form of of whatever to learn how to ride so we just went by rote we went by right. oh okay that didn't work that didn't work and like oh right. my, my back hurts but we're young that didn't work but now they got YouTube so they can beat us so basically they're cheating basically. <laughs> They're, they're cheating us. You're right. We're you're right. we're the OGs. Me and you. Yeah. We're the OGs, Rob. So and so that kid basically cheated us. We're right. we're the world class athletes, and they just got lucky right. and got better bikes. And that's my. Answer. So having said that, I have no excuse for my uh, my disastrous <laughs> attempt last year because I have YouTube, so I have no excuse for mine. So. It happens, man. It happens. So do you do do you do the MotoGP and motocross as well, or do you? Let me tell you something. When you say MotoGP, I I go like this because that. 
and I mean this in the bottom of my heart, that is the passion that I, I literally stay up all night to watch the practices. Like Alan I know said, you do. practice, just practice. We're talking, we talking about practice. Okay. I stay up to three in the morning to watch FP1 and Moto3, and then I watch MotoGP, and then I take a little nap in Moto2, wake back up to watch Moto3 and MotoGP. And then when the races, I'm, I'm, it's literally four o'clock in the morning, I'm doing this to stay awake, but I watch those races live because that is the passion that fuels me. And, I, and for my birthday last year, no, birthday this year, I, uh, I did a track day school at, at Barber in Birmingham. So, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. My birthday, I did, oh, and we raced BMWs around Barber, and it was great. And I went to, um, I did a track day in, uh, in Europe, uh, uh, in, uh, in Italy. And by the way, if you okay. ever get a chance, if you ever get a chance, I know you talked about the, the great ride you did in Sweden that was beautiful. But if you ever get a yeah. chance, do the Stelvio Pass. You rent a bike in Milan. Go up to Stelvio Pass. When I went there, it was in June a couple years ago when I first turned. That was my 50th birthday. I went, went all out. And you okay. go up and you go up a mountain. And they were getting ready for the, the guys were getting ready for the Tour de France, literally. And there was motorcycles and bicycles. That's all there was. And you go up and it was snow in, in June. It was snow on top of the mountain. And then I went over to Switzerland just to say I did it and did the U turn at King. Yeah. If you get a That's chance, amazing. if you get a chance, go to the Stelvio Pass, rent a bike in okay. Milan, and do that. And I promise you, I, it's one of the most beautiful rides you'll ever take. That's got to be a life changing, a life changing experience for you, dude. Ride every type of bike you can because it makes you appreciate. it. Because most people get, most people get, you know, the sport bike when they're younger, which is nothing bad, but you know, 16, 18, yeah. and you yeah. speed around town, and then usually. Around 24, 25, they meet somebody they like, and they either get married and have a kid, and first thing they go is the bike, and then they, they stop riding until it's about 40, and then they get the Harley. But me, right, right. I, I wanted to always ride. So now I, I got a Ducati, so now I'm sport touring. I go everywhere. I'm riding on yeah. the bike everywhere. And to, You're from, traveling to your gigs on, on your bike, are you not? I'm going to Florida. I'll, I'll be in Florida Friday, and I'm leaving here tonight on, on the bike. So yeah, I'm gonna stop in. I'm gonna stop in Nashville, and then I'm gonna stop somewhere, okay. somewhere in either Georgia or Florida, and I'm gonna go to. I'll be in Vero Beach this weekend. So and I'm taking okay. the bike, and I'm taking the bike. Okay, and that's what Dude, you that's gotta, gotta do. be. Yeah, that's gotta be an amazing way to do your gigs. I just. It's the best way. I mean, I, I think I learned it from, I remember the talk you did with my buddy Ralph is that, you know, Neil yeah. did it. And I was like, and I think that's what spurred me. I go, Neil Pert, I go, yes, I'll do that. And it, and it makes you appreciate the travel a little bit better because if you take your time, you see things you wouldn't normally see. And it's so, yeah, I explain it to people and I don't know, I, I, I'm sure that you feel the same way. And I don't know a better way to explain it other than it's a difference between seeing something actually in front of you or watching it on TV. And I love being in a car. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's, I love having space in the back and I love the heaters and I love when it's raining, I love being able to roll the window up and I love everything that goes along with it. But it really is the difference of, of watching something on TV or being right there in the middle of it. You can smell it. You can feel heat off the pavement. You can feel when, when it's, the first raindrop, it's all these things you're hyper aware of. Um, and it's just a completely different experience. You drive by a, a body of water, a salt, uh, salt water. And I mean, you can smell it from a mile away. And it's when you're out there on the bike, there's all those things and it's, it's constant new information flying by you. And there's no, there's nothing like it to me. 
You, you nailed it, man. I mean, honestly, you know, but it's like when you're when you're right, you could you could smell somebody smoking in the car, and then you can smell somebody smoking in the car, and you go, "Whoa, right. <laughs> that person is having a good time." I mean, there's, right. I think, I think I got a contact buzz from that car. I, I mean, that's you, it. <laughs> you literally can smell everything, but that's what makes it great. I mean. The conversations you have with people when you pull up that you wouldn't normally have. I mean, in a car, not so much, but in a bike. I'm in the middle yeah. of U Utah, middle of nowhere, Utah. And this guy just goes, hey, man, where are you going? I told him, he goes, hey, listen, man, you can take my advice, whatever. But instead of going through Wyoming, take a, a, cut, a cut across on the highway. I think it was 53 in, in the Colorado, and you'll love that ride. I said, okay, thanks. And I go, you know what? What the hell? And I did that. And the first 10 miles were great, and then there was no road. Literally, literally no road for like three miles. And I had to, because they were doing a construction, so there was no road. Right, right. And I had to balance myself, and I go, this is what. But it made me work a new muscle, and it made me appreciate riding even more, even though it sounds crazy. That's it. And it. But the conversations you have with people you wouldn't normally have, and just, like you said, all your hypersenses are aware, and it's yeah. just the greatest way to travel. If you ever get a chance when you're traveling, that rock and roll lifestyle you live, if you ever get a chance, man, get off the bus, the tour bus, and just, if you get a chance, and just ride to the gigs, man. Yeah, dude, I, I, here's what I'm afraid of. So, and, and this is something you, can, you and I can talk about, but I'm, I, I sometimes wonder, because you know how it is, we do a lot of traveling in your profession, my profession, we do a lot of traveling. Yes. And sometimes I'm worried that that's going to be too much time alone with my thoughts. I don't know if, that, I don't know if that's a good thing, man. So, what are you worried about? What are you worried about? I mean, uh, uh, you know, you know give, give great, me too much time alone with my thoughts. Yeah, you, you, you have the <laughs> demons in there going, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. And you go, no, that's not a good idea. But honestly, yeah. but that's where I, that, but that's where being in the bike is great. Sometimes you get lost in your thoughts, but then they'll bring you back because you got to pay attention. That's already the thing, but you got to pay attention. You go, okay, maybe not. Maybe that's a bad idea. And you laugh inside your helmet. I don't know about yeah. you, but I have Bluetooth. And sometimes when the Bluetooth, uh, you know, doesn't work, it's kind of cool to hear the motor. It's kind of cool it to is, hear yeah. little things. Yeah. So, I mean, th that's the greatest thing about riding. Yeah, I'm a big fan of road noise. You mentioned the the motor, the engine. Yes. And for me, both of my bikes, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Once you become, I, I say, intimately familiar with that bike, it's it's there's a there's a dance to it. And and when you hear RPMs and you hear road noise and you hear these things, it's it's like that's that's music to me. I I love being aware of all that kind of stuff and hearing it and feeling it and I'm one of those riders that, that I don't do anything formal by any means, but I say that I, I grade my rides. Yeah. So when I go out, even if I just run out and, and do a couple of errands, or maybe I'll take a, a day trip and, and head out with some buddies of mine, when I'm done riding, I always kind of take a minute to, to evaluate, okay, today I was really smooth and everything just felt like, like it was second nature and I wasn't struggling with anything. And then, as you know, some days you go out and ride and you just feel like, like, man, I'm all over the place and, and like, I can't see the lines in the turn and I'm just, I'm dumping the clutch and here I am trying to show off at an intersection and I'm just all over the place. And, um, and it's, like I said, I don't do a formal, you know, report card for myself or anything, but I just kind of evaluate that, man, today it's like having a good hair day. It's like, man, today everything was just everything was just firing on all cylinders. So to me, that's part of the, the science of it. And it's, it's a, it's a nice outlet. If we're being honest, it's a nice outlet for the OCD part of my personality. It's something that I can get fixated on. 
it's something that I can just, just like laser, like focus and do all these things. And that's really healthy for me to have an outlet like that. And anybody in my family will tell you, I have several outlets for my OCD. So, uh, but that's another reason why I love it so much. It, it does help, man. Like you said, it clears your mind. I don't mean, I don't, you know, I know being, being with a family, with wife and kids and teenagers, whatever, sometimes you got to go, okay, you know what? I'm going to go for a ride. Because if, if I don't, I'm yeah, yeah, I'm out <laughs> right now. And you, and, yeah. and that ride is all is all you need. I, it really is. So if I yeah. can ask you, I don't know if you have a list or not, do you have like your top five, like, dream rides or like a, on, a, on a, I, I hate to say bucket list because I think you should yeah. do it do it then and there I don't like to say bucket I'd say is there a top five rides that you look forward to doing uh I don't know about top five or just uh, rides period yeah so for me just because I'm in I'm in Atlanta Georgia so mm -hmm. being in the southeastern part of the United States I want to get out and ride like Grand Canyon area and some of those canyons that kind of stuff so for your listeners who are, are in that part of the country, that might not seem like a big deal, but it's so dramatically different than the riding that we have here. And I can tell you, and you've, you've done this, so you, you're, you're talking about your ride from Indiana to Florida. When you come down through Georgia, the North Georgia mountains are beautiful. And then you've got Blue Ridge Parkway, you've got Tale of the Dragon, you've got the Cherahala Skyway, you've got all these things in our part of the country that are absolutely, absolutely beautiful parts of the country to ride, but you get used to that. And then you just want to see something that's completely different. So for me, uh, it is actually kind of a bucket list thing. And, and we both hate to use that term, but, but it's definitely something that I'm actively trying to, to book and schedule and make it happen. But I just want to get out and ride like those canyons and that whole, like that desert style, uh, Bonneville Salt Flats would be cool, but that to me that just seems like, like, like that just that seems like something you do once and check it off the list. I say that, <laughs> and I might do it, and then decide, all right, I'm doing that three times a year. Uh, but it just seems like one of those iconic rides where everybody should do it at least once. Um, I don't know. Help me out. What am I missing? You mentioned the the one in Italy, so you got to take the one and from from southern california to northern california take the one cuz at, oh, cer yeah. at certain at certain aspects yeah. of the one you literally go to the ocean sometimes the, the ocean comes across the the road a little bit and yeah. you, you literally you can say you rode through the ocean i mean the one the one is so beautiful. And when you come up with Ridge and you see Pismo, Pismo Beach, man, yeah. it, will, it will take your breath away. Get a bike, rent it in, in, say, in L.A. and go up the one. And I promise yeah. around, San, around Santa Barbara and Pismo Beach, that ride will take your breath away. It's so beautiful. if you're like me, I won't want to stop once I start feeling like Pacific Northwest, that whole area. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to want to stop. If I if I do that, I'm just going to want to keep going all the way. All <laughs> well, the do way it. Up. Do it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, take take some time out and just do. But t definitely take the one up okay. from, from southern to northern, and then I, okay. for, for some reason, os osmosically, I'll make that word up. But I'll feel you. Like, <laughs> I, I, and I knew exactly what you meant. Yeah, I, I think Rob. I think Rob's on that trip. Yeah, I'll feel it. I feel it. And listen, and I know you and my buddy Ralph were talking about the ultimate motorcycle song, whatever. And I feel there's never one ultimate song. But what you guys didn't do is you didn't divide them up because there's the there's the in town motorcycle song that makes okay. you feel like a badass, and then yeah, there's yeah. and then there's the the road motorcycle song. And I think yeah. for in town for in town, 
you can't beat anything from uh, Black Label Society. And I say, World of Trouble by Black okay. Label Society in town, I promise you, you'll be like, you'll feel like the biggest badass there is. And also, Brotherhood of Man by Motorhead. Motherfucker. Okay. Dude, yeah, okay. So when he asked me that question, it was like I was paralyzed with the, there's too many songs. I can't think of something right now. Yeah. But both of those, both of those songs, and I honestly, both of those bands, you could pick almost anything and just the talk about two bands that just know exactly who they are and yes. exactly what they do. Yes. And with that comes the confidence, the, the delivery, like you just, you do feel like a badass. It doesn't even matter what, what song. As soon as you put in, when you say, I'm listening to Motorhead, yes, you feel like a badass. Dude, so, Motorhead, you got, if you're going a long distance trip, you have to put in Running Free by Iron Maiden. That yeah, will, that's a great one. That, that's, that's, a, that's, a that's, one. that's a certified ticket right there. Um, House yeah. of Doom by Black Label Society. And, okay. and Whatever Happened to My Rock and Roll by Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Oh, oh yeah. That's a ticket right there. That's a ticket waiting to happen. But Dude, you gotta you've play got that. some... Uh, you got some stellar choices here. But let me tell you something. The two songs in this, and don't judge me from this, but the two okay. the, and the two best ones of all of them, even those rock, the two best ones, and don't you make fun of me, is <laughs> I Ran by Flock of Seagulls. I, okay. like, I like, if you're, look, in the summertime, don't make fun of me. In the summertime, <laughs> if you're on that express ramp, and it's around yep. 85, and you got the locks, so, you know, you yeah. got your, and, and your hair is flowing in the wind, and you put in Iran by Flock of Seagulls, dude, you'll be like, you know what, BT was right. And Iran, I mean, that song is made. That's awesome. That song is yeah. made to go 90 in the summertime. It really okay. is. And but, right. the, but the best of all motorcycle songs for a road trip, the best of all of them is Gypsy Biker from Bruce Springsteen. Dude, I didn't even think of that. If you get a All chance, right. I mean, I'm, I want to write a movie about that song. I mean, he to me, the greatest lyric, one of the greatest lyrics ever is um, to the dead. It don't matter much. And, and, um, and then he goes, uh, you, you asked me a question and I didn't get it right. Oh, when he goes, you asked me a question and I didn't get it right. Oh, man, Dude, that that's... to me hits me right in the heart. Yeah, that's awesome. I should have used you as my lifeline when he asked me that question because I couldn't, I couldn't come up with, it, with anything. You know what's funny? I actually got mad. I go, what? I mean, I was like, yeah, yeah. Because everybody wants to go to Born to be Wild, which is, don't get me wrong, yeah. it's great. But Gypsy Biker, bro. And I yeah. ran, and I ran. That, that shows your softer side. That shows your softer side. Dude, that's side. great. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to put together a thought, a, a thoughtful list, and I'm going to get back to you. We're going to, we're going to have a follow-up on this. <laughs> you do yeah. that. You do that. Okay. Before, before, before we go, I know you have some great projects in Atlanta. Let me tell you something, man. Doing my homework on you, and I ran across a band I had no idea. It was Rockets okay. to Ruin. And, That's correct. And Got Me Down. That song, it's kind of punkish. I mean, I think it is. It's a little yeah. punkish. But that song and kick that and the video to that was so damn powerful. I was like, Dude, this thank group you. kicks ass. I mean that. Dude. I was like, motherfucker, this song fucking Dude. rocks. Dude, that that seems like a lifetime ago. But yeah, that was. I had so much fun in that band. Uh, yeah, that's a that takes me back a few years. It's funny you say that. The the story that I shared earlier about going and riding dirt bikes with a, with a buddy of mine. It was actually one of the guys from that band. Uh, he and I have stayed in touch through the years, and uh, and that was a really that was a fun time in my life for sure. It seems like, like I said, it seems like a lifetime ago, but it was 
that was a fun time. Dude, I mean, honestly, just, I think there's a, a certain kind of synergy between metal or just rock and roll period and, and motorcycles. And I love that yeah. synergy, you know, like the, 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 the video to brotherhood of man by motorhead is so, it, it, it's so iconic to me. No one's ever seen it. I had a, an ex-girlfriend send it to me and I was like, this is it right here. Cause my alter ego, my alter ego wants to be a one percenter so bad. I mean, <laughs> but as soon as I get off the bike and I go and I order a Perrier, a lime Perrier and, ask, and, and ask me what I want yeah. to eat. And I go, do you have anything plant-based? I mean, that would, that would kind of just, you know, yeah. <laughs> Erase yeah. all badassness, but my alter ego wants to be a one percenter so bad. And the closest Dude, I, I got, the closest I got was I got passed by a Hell's Angel last month, and I followed him for about four miles, but about a but a mile back, just in case he wanted to turn around and shoot me because I watched too much. Yeah, Gangland. yeah. But just like, slightly out of range. Right? Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But that's yeah. what I want to be. My alter ego is a one percenter, man. Do I feel like like that's in all of us? I think that for better or for worse. I feel like part of riding, and I don't care what kind of bike it is you ride. I don't care if it's a sport bike or a Harley or a chopper or you name it. I don't, I don't care what it is. I think there's an element of danger, right? It's not the Always. safest way to travel. Always. So, so there's an extra layer of, of danger to it. And I think you have to kind of tap into your, your rebellious side and you have to make a conscious decision to not do something the safest way and you you i think that has to be somebody's rebellious nature and we all have that in us it shows up in different ways in different people yeah but i i feel the same way like i love the idea of me being a one percenter i think i like i just love everything about it but I just know for myself that that it's got to be authentic. You've got to do it, and you it's got to be you. You can't fake that shit. And if you do, yes. you can't fake it for long, right? <laughs> so, man, yeah. I, I swear, I, and it sounds like nothing. But if you ever travel to Nebraska, man, they they give you a ticket for going five over. It's one of those weird of states. Course, yeah. But one, I was I was riding my motorcycle. I was coming back from uh, I was coming back from California. I'm on the bike, and I'm just and I'm pushing it. And I remember there was a cop. And I know how they are in Nebraska. I literally passed the cop, and I went, and I gave him the deuces and kept on going. And he looked at me like, you know I'm a cop, right? And I just passed him here. All right. Yeah. And he just let me go. And now, now that's yeah. me. That sticks out in my mind, man. It's <laughs> I mean, the that, confidence, man. It's the confidence. <laughs> exactly, yeah. man. So, yeah, I mean, it's just the ride. And I think for me personally, and I love all music. I really do. I love all music. I just love how no matter what it is, it takes you there. And even I mean, the old country music to me, I love. But listen, to, I still say Merle Haggard is the greatest ever. Not I mean Merle Haggard, but, uh, but Waylon Jennings. Waylon Jennings, Merle okay. Haggard, Johnny Paycheck. I mean, who's underrated. I mean, I love the old, old country, man, where it's like, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go to their concerts, but I love listening to them. You know, that kind, yeah. of, that kind of old country that's scary. But nothing to so me. So, what would you consider that like outlaw country or? Oh, oh definitely, know. man. I okay. mean, to me, listen to Waylon Jennings and 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 Willie Nelson going. They're looking back to Texas with Waylon and Willie and the boy. I That's mean, it? dude, that takes me there. I mean, Waylon Jennings makes me just stop and go. Don't say a word to me for like the next three minutes. Yeah, because that is music. But when it comes to riding, no matter how great the song is, or no matter how great the genre, nothing beats metal. Nothing. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I feel the same way, and that's why this. That's why, man, I, I was so geeked out, and it's so funny because it's like, you got to know me, know me, and I, and you know, Ralph knows. He's one of the people that know me, know me, and it's like, if you don't, you think this, this guy's 
no way a guy this age is this geeked out or this dorky, but yeah, I am. And that's why when I talk to you, I go, and I, the, the other part of my brain is going, okay, listen, BT, just settle down. Be cool with him. Don't don't overwhelm him. But man, the whole time I'm like, you know, I want to I want to say, you, you like this group here? Do you like you like docking? You like this? And I'm like, no no no, save it for the interview. And I go, man, don't don't scare this guy away. That's but, awesome. But when you talk when I talk '80s metal and motorcycles, dude, it's all I can do to just want to keep you for the next two hours and just talk metal, bro. <laughs> That's great. So I gotta ask you, when you're getting hyped up, if you're gonna do a set at a comedy club, mm-hmm. or you're doing uh, a bigger venue, so when I say club, not even the smaller, but if you're doing a big, a bigger venue, mm-hmm. do you are you in the mindset? Do you get hyped up? And if so, what is your go-to? Are you like a full-on okay? Motorhead is my that's what hypes me up for for a gig. Or are you one of those calm and focused and almost like a meditative state type of thing? I'm so fascinated because I know what our process is leading up to something like that. Yeah. And I'm always fascinated to hear like somebody like yourself and being such a big fan of metal. Yeah. I'm like, all right, if this guy has a go-to hype song, I need to know about it. So <laughs> that's my question for you. To me, I always say the, the anatomy of a show, at least for me, I mean, of the perfect show is – yeah, say say the show's at eight. So if you can get right. that thirty minute nap from six to six thirty, thirty minute nap. Oh yeah. Get up, take the shower. Don't talk to anybody. You know, brush your teeth, take the shower, get ready. Get to the club around. I mean, you, know, you might listen to. It doesn't really matter what this to, but me, you know, I guess if I have a go to, I don't know if there's a go to song, but and it's and it's amazing it's coming from me. But the ultimate is if they have a green room, and for everybody to just shut the fuck up i know it sounds yeah. bad but it's like i just dude like, i'm with you i'm with you shut the fuck up because i have i have yeah. like i have all my notes and i'm going because to me every show is different to me how i start off because yeah. I'll, I'll do like maybe where i'm at and something happens there and i got to talk about it or whatever so it's every show is different from the beginning and maybe the, the order so i'm trying to write it down and i'm in my head but i always from day one my mentality is to go up there like 1986 Mike Tyson and just come out and bump, 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 bump. Okay. And, and so if I can just people just please don't talk to me. But I, you know, yeah. I I'm not that mean. I'm not one percenter yeah. mean. So, but yeah, <laughs> I, I like I like I like silence and I like calmness. And then I want to be able to just fucking explode on stage. Yeah, it, I got you. That's me. I How about you. you? How about you? So it's it's a combination of those two. So it's funny to hear you talk about the, the power nap and yeah. the, I have my, my pre-show routine starts about four hours before the gig mm-hmm. and it's, it's the power nap and then it's wake up and then it might take me almost two hours to, to take a shower and, and, but that's my, that's my pace. I just kind of meander around and I walk around in circles and it looks like I'm disoriented. It looks like I'm lost, but I'm like you, I'm just slowly putting my thoughts together and, and, you know, I might, it might take me an hour to get dressed and I just, so be it. I'm just going to kind of, kind of float around, but it's exactly like you described. I'm kind of in my head and I'm just figuring out, okay, if we did a sound check, how was it? And, and, you know, am I going to be, am I going to be struggling up there with something or is this going to be a piece of cake or it's a piece of cake in the afternoon. And then you come back two hours later for the gig and everything's completely different. And, and, and all these things that are going through my head. And then when we actually get to the venue, we usually get to the venue about an hour before, before showtime. And that's different depending on the situation. And if there's, you know, if the bus is parked there, we're there all day anyway, but about an hour before the show, 
in the dressing room, that's usually the first time the band is all together before the show. Mm -hmm. And it's Iron Maiden playing. It's like old, like, like new wave British heavy metal, that kind of stuff. A couple of the guys are really into like the old Maiden stuff and, and Judas Priest, all that kind of stuff. Any Saxon? And Any then, Saxon? Any Saxon? There's some Saxon in there. Yeah. Fuck the yeah. denim and leather stuff. And, Fuck yeah. and yeah, dude, there's a lot of that stuff going on. And uh, old Def Leppard. So the other day, somebody was playing like the first two, like high and dry and those records and yes. ACDC. And, yes. So, yeah, there's there's usually about a half hour of that. And then just like a little light switch, you can kind of see everybody at one point just kind of go to their separate corners and exactly what you're talking about. Shut the fuck up. Just don't talk to me. Don't I, I don't want to know whatever it is we're talking about in mid conversation. Everybody just kind of goes five different directions. <laughs> uh, so it's it's a very similar process, but I'm always fascinated when I talk to other people who are who are doing something similar. Yeah. And you and I have been talking about the love of metal music. Yes. I was curious if you had just one go to that was <clears throat> this this gets me this gets me exactly where I need to be every time. There, no, there's no one song. I mean, no, for get ready for a show. No, because I need to, because I talk kind of fast anyway. And yeah. for, for me, it's counterproductive to get hype because I'm already. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I mean, if this is a this is a natural me. Can you imagine how annoying I was 20, 30 years ago? So I almost, no. feel, I almost feel <laughs> happy. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I feel like I have to, to to really bring it down. And it's people understand when I say this, it's a struggle to bring this down. And I and and, and there's no <laughs> no fakeness. It, it's a struggle to yeah. bring it down because my natural I'm one of those few people who get high on life. I know it sounds weird, but I, I just, get it. I just love everything about life i love you know the, the girl walking in the sidewalk right now and i want to feel like you know saying hi to her with her colored hair i think that's great you talking to you about this just be you yeah. being here just right knowing i'm gonna ride a motorcycle you know over five or six states man you know it i get hyped over life so my whole thing is trying to bring this down <laughs> I mean, you know what i mean and this is is normal. that a full-time job just the, trying to keep that keep that shit in a you have no idea what's okay. going on here and trying to bring it down. Like I always tell people, you know, Chad Reed, the motocrosser, or supercrosser. I do. Yeah. I yeah. see, I see Chad Reed at all the MotoGP events. And now the look in his eye, when he sees me, he's like, Hey man, what's going on? I'm like, Oh God, he's here. <laughs> and I, and I want to apologize to him so bad because, yeah. and like I said, in my defense, in my defense, it's real. And there's no fakeness yeah. to it because I, I just can't help but have that, that natural heightness and feel, and I just feel right. that, that look in his eyes, like kind of like when, uh, remember when uh, in the first Rocky, when when Apollo thought he had Rocky and he stood up and he goes, oh god, I mean that's Chad Reed right yeah. there, like not this oh, guy again, yeah, yeah, not this guy again. <laughs> I don't want to go twelve rounds with this guy, and that's what it's like. So yeah, it's 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 a struggle to bring this down. <laughs> it, it really, it really is, bro. But like okay. I said, it's authentic. And I love what I do. I, I really do. I love what I do. I love. I just love life. I love riding my motorcycle. I love talking to you about this shit, man. Just talking yeah. about about metal and just life. I mean, yeah. just life. How you living your life and 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 what's going on with you? Like I said, you look great, man. You and you're living Thank the you. dream. You're living the dream. I mean. You play with some great bands. You're in an iconic band right now. You had your own shit going on, and you got what different projects before we got here? Different projects here in Atlanta. Who are you working with now in That's, Atlanta? 
so I've got two other projects, uh, a project called American Terror, mm-hmm. uh, which is based here in Atlanta. Uh, unfortunately, like everybody else, we haven't been able to do a whole lot this last year and a half. Uh, but we do have a, a full length record out and we've got some an EP that we did prior to pre-pandemic before everything shut down. Uh, unfortunately, no tour dates to talk about right now, but top of the year, that should all change. Uh, and then I've got another project with some some guys here in Atlanta called Thunderbolt Hydraulic. We just recorded our second EP, uh, but back to that same story. We just we haven't been able to actually go out and tour and promote it and play play shows. We are actually in the process with with that particular group. Uh, we're attempting to get everything in place to do a live stream performance. Uh, and if it's not a live stream performance, we'll do a pre recorded performance and. Uh, so I do stuff like that to, to stay busy, stay creative. Uh, keeps me from getting lazy sitting on the couch eating <laughs> potato chips. I don't really want to do that. So so that all that stuff keeps me pretty busy when I'm here in town. Man, yeah. good, good for you, Rob. I, I know. I Thank know. you. I, I get producers give me the wrap it up sign. But like, I, luckily, and it's, <laughs> it's luckily he's here because otherwise. And let me tell you something, my producer. I love this guy. We go at it like, hey, we go at it like tooth and nail from Dawkins, but. I love this dude, but he hates when I do this, but he's 19. Are you 19 or 20 now, Wyatt? He's 20 now, but he doesn't know who Pearl Jam is. Doesn't know who Pearl Jam is. Come here for a second. I, I want him to and see you me. hired him? Hey, he's great at what he does, but this kid, this <laughs> hey, kid, Wyatt. he looks like a Pearl Jammer, but he's not. This is my All producer, right. the super producer, right. Wyatt. What's well, Wyatt? I, I had never heard of him until he said it. Okay. Until he said it just now, or no, until he said early, like when he's mentioned it the first time, that was the very first time I've ever heard of Pearl Jam. Okay, the first so time. turn me on to something new. Who's, who's your favorite that yeah, I might and, not be aware of? And then he screenshotted me one time, and I was kind of a movie. He goes, "Is this it?" And he showed me Pearl Jam. I go, "You know what? Go to bed." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, but I, I do. I'm with him with the Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodrigo. I'm on top of all that stuff. Well, of course. Okay, you are. All right. of course you are. Of so what? Are. Uh, what do I need to be checking out? What? What am I not aware of that you're totally into these days? Um, I'd say like. Peachtree Rascals are like kind of like pop music that are super underrated. I would check them out. Okay. All right. You, you All right. We're going to talk about that in a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm supposed to wrap it up, but now he's like, Peachtree Rascals, great. Um, tell you what, uh, Rob, we, we'll, do a, we'll do a podcast. We don't need him. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's my producer. He doesn't know who Pearl Jam is. But now I'm going to turn him on to great 80s metal. You guys. And rocking with Doc and God damn. I, 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 oh, I, could, yeah. go, I could go all day. I, but if you can, if you can, real quick. Top five drummers, real quick. Top five drummers, okay. top of your head, top of your head. If you can okay. go top five drummers. Okay, I'm going to start with a couple of obvious ones. Okay. John Bonham. <sighs> yeah, obviously That's for it. a reason. That's it. Yeah, That's and it. now these are these are the biggest influences for me. So this is what I consider to be top five drummers. Okay. Uh, Cozy Powell. Okay. Who any metal guy knows who, who Cozy Powell is. And his, the list of albums and iconic bands that he played in has just, I mean, it's it's just... It's out of control, right? So uh, Phil Rudd is another uh-huh. one of – he's kind of been – for me, he's been the blueprint by which which I approach music the way I approach drums. He's kind of the blueprint. I know there's a lot of debate out there. Some guys aren't impressed with him. That's fine. They're missing out. For me, he's kind of the blueprint. That's what I go by. Uh, Mickey Curry is another guy. May not be a household name. But when I talk about it's startling when you start doing research, how many. So we were talking about the cult earlier. He's the guy that played drums on those iconic cult records. Uh, so the list of, of albums and, and groups and artists that he's played with is just I mean, it's it's pretty 
it's to say it's impressive is kind of an understatement. Uh, you more. know what, dude? I gotta say, for that fifth one, it kind of it kind of ebbs and flows a little bit. Uh, for what I do in the hard rock world, you gotta mention Tommy Lee, right? It's it's like like yes. I, I mean, it's there's a reason why his name comes up as much as as it does. He yeah. just another guy talk about kind of laying out a blueprint for guys in the hard rock world and yes. and maybe not so much the heavy metal world, but in the in the hard rock genre. Man, that was a game changer for a lot of us. So Dude. he's probably in my list of top five as well. It's funny you say that. I used to come out to Live Wire. That I oh to, yeah, I, and I used to come out there and I would go and I play the first part and I go and then I cut. I go and that's why I got kicked out of the ghetto. And that was my opening <laughs> that, line. that's awesome. And then I would go into the rock. Man, wait, listen, we got to go. I'm getting to wrap it up. My God, yeah. Rob Hammersmith. Man, this was. This was the conversation I've always wanted. This was the conversation I needed. I hope you had a good time like I did, buddy. This was an absolute pleasure. I can't thank you guys enough for having me. And uh, let's do it again. Let's thank do it again. you so much. Tales from Gemini people, thank you so much for watching. Thank my guest, Rob Hammersmith. And if you have any questions, hit me up on my DM. And you know how we do it. Like we say about this time, you know the word. Peace.